ARPA acknowledges the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and the continuing connection to lands, waters and communities. We pay our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Taking Care, a podcast of APRA and the National Boards. I'm Tash Miles. You might already know that 2020 is the year of the nurse and the midwife. So today we have an episode on mental health in nursing and midwifery from a health consumer perspective, as well as a nurse and a midwife perspective. I'm looking forward to talking to our guests about what it's like to work in mental health, how both practitioners and the public can find support, as well as hearing about challenges, innovations, and interesting stories along the way. Let's meet our guests. Liz Wilkes. I'm a midwife. Uh, I work in private practice and have done so for the last decade. Uh, I've been a midwife for 25 years. Diane Lee. I work for the Nurse and Midwife Support Line. It's a national anonymous confidential line for nurses, midwives, students and their families. I've been a nurse since 1972, both general and mental health, and I've worked in a range of different settings. Cassandra Jovic. I work at Nurse and Midwife Support doing comms and engagement. And I also have a family connection and friends who are nurses and midwives as well. And of course, I've been a patient. And Kirsty. I'm a farmer on the Darling Downs and recently a new mum who has um, a long history suffering from mental illness, um, anxiety and depressive symptoms. Welcome everybody. Diane, can you start off by telling us what mental health means to you in your experience of nursing and midwifery? Yes, well it means a lot to me. I think growing up with a mother who was incredibly anxious and had some form of depression as well and a really large family i think that i learned very early on that if i could help her to be calmer that if her mind could be more peaceful it made everyone's life a lot easier so that's what i learned and then of course i became a nurse at 18 at the royal children's hospital which was incredibly stressful that was back in the day when you're 18 and you're actually running wards with one rn on the on the floor and there were children dying, there were sick children. So I suddenly got a, a real hit of how stress and anxiety could affect me. And I'd be waking up in the night, I'd be self-medicating, I'd be doing all sorts of things. So I thought, I've really got to learn this now. I thought I had it nailed. But so it was about looking around me and seeing that so many other nurses were feeling the same thing. I've managed to understand that how the mind can be our best friend or our worst enemy. So what I try to bring into nursing, both general midwifery and, and uh, mental health, is that ability that we all have to learn how to get the best from our own mind and reduce the stress that we all have to one degree or another. It's not always possible and many times we need treatment for that, but there are techniques we can all use to make life more pleasant. Liz, could you talk about your perspective on mental health as a midwife? Look, I see that mental health is just part of the intrinsic link for all forms of health, really. And that, you know, when we sort of try and break down uh, 
obviously mental health is is kind of underwhelmingly recognised in its impacts on women, uh, particularly during their pregnancy, their birth and their postnatal period. Um, but we, so we need to sort of focus on it, but we can't sort of separate it from what's happening to them physically, of course. And so I've, I've spent a lot of my career um, looking at the ways that we can support women uh, during that journey and, and the transformation that they can make because it's one part of their life that uh, they're very focused on their well-being, whether that be their physical or mental well-being, uh, because they're carrying a baby and they're a new mother. And so it's a period of time where we can actually really uh, step in and sort of provide some additional assistance to get them on track and that those uh, periods make such a big difference then to the ongoing lives of, of their families um, moving forward. So it's just a very transformative period of life. And I guess that the reason for that is my own, uh, partly my own struggles, which were probably under-recognised by me for a long period of time. Um, but I think that once sort of recognised, I was able to uh, really transform that into something that was uh, giving back to the community and the women that I was dealing with. And that's been quite an amazing experience for me as well. Mm, I can imagine. Kirsty, could you talk about your experience as a, as a new and expecting mother and how that intersected with the importance of good mental health or the importance of focusing and acknowledging your own mental health? What Liz said, it is sort of, under-recognised and not spoken about. A lot of people know it's there, but it's hard to start that conversation. Um, and even though you may be suffering from it, it's also quite hard to ask for help because you want to put on the super mum cape. Um, so I think having people like midwives, like from your pregnancy to postnatal care, um, I knew that it wasn't just... I wasn't alone. I had someone else who would step in and say, no, are you okay? Do you need help? And not just take a new mum's answer like, oh, yes, I'm fine, to actually sit down I, um, and talk about what I did during the day and then the midwife could pick up, well, actually, that might be anxiety. That might not just, that might not be normal was very important that I had someone looking out for me um, and for so that I could look after my baby. It was a really good path that I ended up on um, with a midwife program so I had the great prenatal care and postnatal care. When you're pregnant and when you're having a baby you have a lot of physical changes to your body. There might be a focus on those physical changes that sometimes the mental ones take a, a, a good midwife who's empathetic. Liz could you talk about that? The physical changes that occur are sort of a little more obvious, if you like, but sometimes they can create even an anxiety just because women often don't know what is normal. And so if you're predisposed to a level of anxiety, just, you know, if that's, that's how you tick, you've got some issues with that or any issues with your mental health, the physical changes tend to then compound every other issue that you've got. And it just starts to sort of, I guess, sometimes unravel a little bit from there. And then if we look at sort of the superimposed on top of that, the hormonal cocktail that's going on and all of the changes that occur, 
not just in the pregnancy and not just in the labour and birth, but 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 also in those times, but particularly in the postnatal period, um, you know, when you put tiredness and everything else on top of that, we do have a bit of a recipe for a bit of a crisis sometimes. And it's about recognising in, in each individual woman in their own little unique way, what it is that's going on for them, whether it is you know, whether there's a physical issue, whether there's a mental health issue and being able to sort of sit down and unpack that and make sure that you're getting through the layers of that. Cass, you work for Nurse and Midwife Support or we'll probably call it NM Support in this episode. Can you talk to us about what it means to you to work uh, at such a place, but also what it's like for you as a health consumer, a member of the public who is um, being treated by nurses and midwives who need to look after their mental health. It's been this incredible sort of experience being there from day dot and coming up with the values and what is this service really going to try and do. And we're really focused on proving the health and well-being of nurses and midwives across the board because by doing that, we also in hand in hand improve patient care. And I think there's a range of ways that I see that in, in my life and how important that is. I grew up with a mum as a nurse and, you know, I saw her at the end of a day, at a, the end of a really hard day, you know, making that call back in to see how that one patient was going. You'd had, you know, one of the hardest days of their life and you, you do take that home with you to some extent. And being able to have a service where people can then ring and debrief on a day like that is incredibly, incredibly important. As the website that we run, which is full of really well-researched information, very specifically formulated for nurses and midwives about how they can look after their own health and well-being. And if they're feeling like, you know, they're stressed or they're burnt out, what they can do at that point, some of the, the access points for care that they have as nurses and midwives, we're constantly trying to find the best possible things to improve health of nurses and midwives. And that can be um, how to cook a really healthy recipe that's great to have during your shift or it could be how to try yoga in 20 minutes it could be a two-minute mindful exercise while washing your hands just to recenter yourself on a really hard day so we're always looking for really amazing resources as a consumer of healthcare I've had a variance of um, experiences which I think to me, mark out what I do and what I don't want to see and what I hope for the profession as a whole. And so I look at it and go, clearly, a, a, a well health practitioner gives you the best possible care they can because they're obviously 100% there and they're able to focus on you as the patient and they're not bringing the other parts of their life in. Now, we all do that no matter what job we do. We all have bad days, but you can still perhaps tell when someone's right on it and when someone's not. I um, I had two babies. I've got a two and a six-year-old and I had very um, difficult births and I um, unfortunately struggled with postnatal depression myself as well. And linking into that, I had a maternal child health nurse that I was sort of assigned as my post-birth care who clearly wasn't entirely engaged um, and it was an incredibly difficult experience. I um, 
was pretty clearly showing signs that I needed a hand and I wasn't being posted to them. And there was a bit of a disconnect there. There was a disconnect between personalities, but also quite soon after she retired and it, and it perhaps felt like she kind of wasn't there in the way that I needed to be. And so I actually changed within my, within my area, I changed to a different um, maternal child health nurse who is a midwife. Um, and the difference was night and day and she was so engaged and she instantly, you know, she instantly went, something's, something's wrong here. We need to, we need to look after you. And she constantly checked in with me. She got me a mental health care plan. She got us into sleep school because kids not sleeping can do something to your brain that you cannot even fathom until you've had one. So, you know, those kind of experiences to me show the importance of looking after nurses and midwives and how that then relates to, to the care that we receive and how important that is. Diane, could you talk to us about what it means for both the nursing and midwifery professions to value mental health care and I guess how it's a rewarding and meaningful experience? Oh, look, this is just so such an important area and it's lovely to hear everyone's, what everyone's saying today. Uh, going back to when I was a student nurse and no one even mentioned the word stress. So nobody talked about your mental state at all. It was all about can you function? Are you doing the job well enough? So through the years, I've just been amazed at how that's shifting and changing the whole time. And it's so important on so many levels that it is doing that it does do that. In certainly in mental health, right across the board, recognizing that nurses and midwives are humans to start with. So they have the full range of issues that all humans have, but added to that, they have shift work, they have vicarious trauma, compassion fatigue, they have every other sort of thing, waking up in the night with a worrying mind about a shift that they had. And so we we really need to support them and take care of them. And that's why a, a line like ours, NM support line, is so vital. I get calls from nurses who are just about to start a shift and they want to debrief something at the end of a shift, even in a lunch break, they might be struggling and it might be a nurse, it might be a midwife. And they love the fact that we're all of the profession, that we're connected in some way to what they do. It just gives them a sense of, you might understand. I won't have had exactly the same experience, but I hear them. And just to be able to let them debrief, let them explore it, is such a gift. And it's also very calming for them. Often, I don't even have to suggest anything. Our, what we do is brief intervention counselling and referral pathways. But sometimes after they've spoken to me for about 15, 20 minutes, they, a light goes off and they go, oh, that's it. Now that I'm a bit calmer, I can see the answer. I can get it now. And that's such a profound thing that the truth is in them anyway. The answers are all in there. But when we're agitated, angry, distressed, it's hard to think of a solution. So allowing them to that space to be with them. Sometimes they ring and they're just sobbing on the phone. And I just wait and I say, breathe, I'm here, I'm waiting for you, I'm waiting for you. And to, I think to be able to sit with someone when they're suffering is just so vital. And, you know, that, that's probably the best part of the job. And to know that you are just with them, you may never speak to them again, you'll never meet them, but there's a meeting, there's a connection going on there. So it's just a wonderful gift. And so I would encourage everyone, when you feel like at any time of the night or day, pick up the phone, 
give us a call, email if you'd rather do that. It can make such a difference. Liz, do you have an example of a rewarding or meaningful experience where you've supported someone? In an example, I can think of a woman that had experienced childhood sexual uh, assault for years and years and had had then a few really difficult birthing experiences and came to us um, on a fourth pregnancy that she hadn't planned and was really finding extremely difficult. And working with her through that birthing experience, she'd never, she'd never had, she'd never lifted a baby straight to her chest. She actually had never breastfed as a result of her anxieties. And just by working with her and her birthing beautifully and lifting that baby just spontaneously onto her chest and going on then to successfully breastfeed for 15 months. You know, things like that that then have transformed her life and her, not just that baby's life, but the other children in that family's life. It's a pretty a pretty amazing and rewarding experience. Could you, are there any small moments or big moments that you can think of that um, as you look back on the period leading up to the birth of your child that you could talk about any of these little things that made a big difference? Cass? During the birth of my second child, um, I was already kind of on edge. I'd had a really difficult first first labour um, and then postnatal depression as well. So it was already, you know, it was already on my mind, definitely. And then um, things went a little bit south. Um, we, we, we ended up having an emergency Caesar um, and, you know, we had rooms full of medical people and, and all of that sort of stuff. So quite stressful. But um, in that, in, in the sea of madness, we had this amazing midwife who um, she'd just come on shift. She'd been transferred to us. And as things got, you know, really quite intense, she um, just came with us and she, you know, took us all the way through, even though it was a stressful experience, it certainly smoothed the way for myself and my husband. And, you know, we have a beautiful two-year-old now who's absolutely fine. Um, and I do think we had an easier path post because of that, of that one midwife and a sea of other beautiful midwives after that birth who really helped us. Kirsty, could you talk about any of your experiences? When I was pregnant, I would barely feel the baby move, like unless, and everyone's like, oh no, you're just anxious, the baby's fine, but that doesn't help an anxious person. Like I actually needed tools that I could use so that didn't become an overwhelming fear. My midwife sat with me and said, well, what would make you feel comfortable? Would coming in every day for a Doppler hit the heart rate make you feel better? And I was like, well, actually, that won't work for me because I'm rural, um, I'm still working on the farm. And I thought, oh, that actually might just feed my anxiety. So that's, that's probably not going to work for me. So then we tried something else. So um, some of the techniques was, like, make sure that I, when I, like, recorded that I'll usually at night I would feel her kick. So it, I'd tell myself, no, it's fine. Does she didn't feel her today because I usually only feel her at night. And it sounds simple but just to stop your mind running away. Um, so I think, okay, it's okay. I'll lie down and then um, and do some deep breathing um, exercises. And then as I'd feel her move. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And at any stage I felt like if 
I couldn't feel her move, then I could just call and um, say, actually, I'm, I'm need a bit more help. Um, and then that led to me, um, uh, they recommended me to do the uh, hypnobirthing um, just so that I could, um, yeah, control my breath a little bit more and just feel like I was in control rather than um, the anxiety being um, in control. My midwife set me up. They knew they had me for the postnatal period and then set me up with a really good child health nurse so that I didn't have to worry about Bonnie because I knew that the child health nurse was looking at her weight and her development. So that was one thing I didn't have to worry about. Um, and then they, I got a care plan and a referral to a um, psychologist. Um, and so I had something to make sure that um, I would be okay. And yeah, I've grown stronger since, since then. It sounds like it took a lot of kind of personal awareness as well as accessing the right health practitioners at the right time. Liz, could you talk to us about other ways that midwives in particular can support their patients and their families? There's a great breadth of what we do um, in terms of the different um, mindful techniques, the different things that we use um, and the skills that we do do to help them develop um, strategies for themselves. And look, it really is quite individualised, but trying to set up sort of um, processes that support women dependent on where they are in their you know, in their own mental well-being, and obviously linking in with a variety of different services around that is is really important. So obviously, we do normal screening of women um, regularly through their pregnancy to focus on things like anxiety and depression. Obviously, skills and supports around different um, social problems, like whether they've got drug and alcohol use, whether they've had, uh, whether they're in a safe environment, safe. Uh, situation where there's been anything in their past that's impacted that and once you've sort of screened that you're not just doing that once you're screening them regularly through the pregnancy and um, looking at different interventions that may be required or different supports that may be required dependent upon what you get um, then of course the birth process itself um, we have a massive rate of birth trauma, unfortunately, in Australia today, with about one in three women describing their birth as being traumatic and about one in 10 experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of their birth, which are horrendous figures that obviously really impact women's mental health. So midwives are able to, if, they're, if they've got a good relationship with women, we've found that that's one of the only protective mechanisms that we've got from that sort of birth trauma, that even if women have a difficult or a, or a troubling hard birth, that having a relationship with their midwife both before and after and proper debriefing and counselling after the birth does um, really have a protective impact on them for that period after birth. So, and, and the development of, of birth trauma and ongoing then to post-traumatic stress disorder and so forth. Um, and obviously, as the postnatal period, you, again, you, you're screening and supporting women and developing links, as, as Kirsty referred to, into the community, making sure that they are relevant to that woman and also providing her with strategies around her own mothering journey, because it, it, it's not just women that have got a previous or pre-existing mental health issue, we're all 
you know, we're all having this massive change. Being coming a mother is the most, you know, stressful, difficult change that you'll probably encounter in your life. And so having some strategies in place to help you just deal with what's normal in that space and what you can do things about and then what requires, you know, recognition of what requires assistance for both the woman and her partner and significant others. And so, you know, education and support around that is, is really critical and um, is something that midwives do, you know, as, as part of our normal uh, day's work. Mm. Kath. Um, I suppose just linking into that, there's just this real aspect of speaking to someone how you would like to be spoken to when you're in a particularly vulnerable position. And I think that's, you know, relevant for nurses and midwives, regardless of, you know, their position and what area of health they work in. Because realistically, you're probably seeing someone when they feel very, very vulnerable um, and they they are probably in a heightened state. They're probably not hearing 100% of the words that you're telling them um, and they only hear the bad ones probably, you know. So um, really thinking about that and then translating that to how you how you provide care is from a, a consumer perspective, really, really important. Kirsty? I probably had a very hard birth and I... I should have been the candidate for postnatal depression and um, uh, the birth trauma. I would say it was over 30 hours. And I loved every minute of it because I had my midwife there supporting me. Um, I got to make every decision every step of the way. Being a farm with a cesarean, that was not going to, that was really going to, I'd be isolated, not be able to get around. And I, my midwife knew I wanted to have this baby and she had my back the whole way. And I had, they, she gave me the, the time and I had her naturally. And um, I was just so lucky that I had that person on my, like backing me the whole way. All the steps were taken to make sure that I was okay. And yeah, I, I like to think that um, I've come out stronger than when I, before I went in. When you know that you've got something that, whether it's a physical ailment or mental health issues or whatever it is, but if you can choose and make the, the choices in your care that really uh, resonate with you and you're, you have the access to those options and you understand them, it makes such a big difference in the overall outcomes towards, you know, towards whatever part of your health journey it is that you're on and so I think it's 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 not just luck it's it's actually that you've investigated and you've looked into it and you've made choices that met your own individual needs. So we've talked a lot about um, some positive experiences Diane I'm wondering whether you could talk to us about some of the challenges that you see in mental health care and taking care of yourselves for nurses and midwives. Oh, there are always challenges. I think um, just finding the right outlet, being self-aware enough to even realise you have an issue to start with and then knowing where to turn to. I think one of the great things that's come out of, I mean, we're all in this pandem pandemic, 
is that telehealth has really taken up and that people have been able to access that. So people in remote and rural areas have come to the front of the queue for a change because they were always, I think, really missing out on frontline care, mental health care. There's still a long way to go. There's still a high rate of uh, people self-harming, uh, taking substances, drinking, drug taking, as, and that has really got to be looked at. And I think that's the fear that people have about asking for help and not even knowing how to access help. It's really vital that people speak up and reach out because if you don't, it can go into a black hole and we really don't want that to happen to anyone, whether that be a nurse, a midwife, a student or a member of the, the community. That connection that we all have together is really vital. Absolutely. Cass. Linking into that, we know that for nurses and midwives, there can be a bit of a concern about accessing support because of um, their, their registration and being concerned that um, it will, um, you know, that they might get into trouble by accessing support. But it's really important to talk about the fact that actually, particularly NM support is completely confidential. You don't have to give any details. So you can access that service without any kind of concern in that way. The whole thing is around impairment, whether that's physical or emotional. If you don't have the impairment and you're seeking treatment and getting that, then you're absolutely okay in every way. That's right. And in fact, we would like to have health practitioners who are seeking care when they need it. Liz, what do you see for the future of nursing in midwifery? We're in a good space because there is a focus at the moment on health. And whilst we're looking at it from the perspective of the pandemic, it does give us a, a good chance to shine a light on the things that are working well and the things that aren't working well. Um, in the midwifery space, I guess my one wish is women see the same people, they get to choose their care provider and that they're getting that support that they need across the continuum. Um, but I think I think we're generally in a pretty good space. Um, but that we do need to sort of continue with this light shining on health because obviously if we don't have health then and mental health is fundamental in that, then we don't have anything else really. So it's pretty important. Cass? What I would like to see for the future is the increasing knowledge of nurse and midwife support across the sector. I think if, you know, from day dot for nurses and midwives, um, if they know that that service is there for them from the very beginning of their career, then they can maintain their mental health and their general health throughout throughout the span of it. And by doing that, I think um, the general public will see better healthcare as well because well health practitioners equal better care for all of us. Mm, fantastic. Diane? Yeah, NM support, definitely give us a call, send us an email any time of the night or day. We're there for you. And Kirsty? I think um, it sounds like we are on the, the right track, just getting more people to open up the dialogue, um, just putting it out there like on social media where people can see it um, and access it and make them aware that birthing is a natural process and it you can birth your own way and you, there is support there if you need it. So I think yeah, if all, all those conversations just keep happening, um, it will ha help people, hopefully those stats come down about birth trauma and um, postnatal depression. So I, 
I think if you can get the help, um, like me, you will come out better on the other end. Thank you to our guests, Kirsty, Liz, Cass and Diane for, I think, as Kirsty said, the start of many important conversations. And I think that we could have gone on for a lot longer um, talking uh, about kind of all of the issues and challenges and nuances of healthcare in nursing and midwifery. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've talked about nurse and midwife support or NM support on this podcast. It's a free, confidential, 24-7 national support service for Australian nurses, midwives and their families. You can call them on 1800 667 877 or go online to nmsupport.org.au. For patients or anyone else needing mental health or wellbeing support, Beyond Blue is available on 1300 224636 or online at beyondblue.org.au. Lifeline can provide crisis support and suicide prevention services. Call Lifeline on 131114 or go online to lifeline.org.au. Thank you for listening to this episode of Taking Care. Please do subscribe to our podcast by searching for Taking Care in your podcast player. And if you have any feedback, email communications at opera.gov.au. See you next time. <laughs>